Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek for Wednesday, November 20th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez coming to you from our Studio B studios here in the Oshner Sports Performance Center. Coming to you on a Wednesday if you are hearing this, but we are recording on Tuesday because of scheduling. But have no fear, we have a very special guest on the show for you today, Jen Hale, who covered NFL on Fox for the Panthers versus Falcons game this past Sunday. And she's here to bring some insight on the Carolina Panthers. Jen, how are you? Hi, Caroline. I'm awesome. How about yourself? Good. What an intro. I feel like I just have to go down the line of all of your titles. Sideline pass, you know, (laughs) everything is just down the line of all of the many roles you hold. You're just a do-it-all kind of woman. A jack of all trades, master of, of none, I think is what they call it. <laughs> oh, whatever. So, Jen, the, the leading um, information that is coming out of ESPN this morning is uh, in regards to the Panthers is David Tepper, who said he's frustrated by last week's loss to the Falcons, and he said he won't accept long-term mediocrity. What are your thoughts on that, and how do the Panthers move forward? Yeah, they've they've got to decide what to do here. They've got several big question marks looming. Uh, for several years, yes, they've been stuck kind of in that no-man's land where they're not awesome, but they're not tanking and terrible. And now they have to decide what, what to do about Cam Newton. Uh, of course, he's now on IR for the rest of the season. He's got that foot injury. Um, for a while, Kyle Allen looked like, wow, maybe he could be the real deal. And he has such an interesting story, by the way. Um, I had the game Sunday uh, in Charlotte versus Atlanta, and boy, that that was that was a rough game for Kyle Allen. Mm-hmm. He had a ton of interceptions, made so many bad decisions. It was very uncharacteristic of what we'd seen up until now. And granted, I'm not beating on him because really, it, it's almost like he's a rookie. That was his eighth yeah. career NFL start. Uh, so there are going to be some growing pains. But nonetheless, you've you got to decide pretty quickly, do you ride with him? Um, what do you do about Cam Newton when he comes back? They do have a little bit of cap space, but if they were to move on from Newton, boy, that would free up a ton of cap space. But I have to tell you, based on what, what I saw on Sunday, uh, I think moving on from Cam Newton would be a mistake unless there is just drastic improvement, especially in decision-making from Kyle Allen. Yeah, I think that's been the most interesting story coming out of Carolina since the offseason. I mean, you have this injury injured Cam Newton, and then he gets healthy, and then you're optimistic about coming into the season. He plays two games, you lose both games, and then once again, you don't really know what's wrong with Cam Newton, and then finally he does go on IR. So it's just kind of been everything up in the air in, Car- in Carolina. A lot of question marks, a lot of uh, unanswered what-ifs that they have to decide. I will say they've got a lot of young talent that they can build around, though. Um, Kyle Allen just being one of them. Christian McCaffrey, their star running back, their star really do-it-all guy because his scrimmage yards are just crazy. He, he's on pace to be one of the top um top scrimmage yard leaders in history this season already got a thousand yards uh right now on the season he is certainly a franchise player in a building block so shifty goes side to side and it really caroline it's his mental skills that are so amazing um he's a smaller guy you look at him and you think eh. uh but when you watch him on the field he is so elusive he always makes things happen and still so young when you're on pace to be in the same company as Marshall Falk and Chris Johnson in terms of 
scrimmage yards. You're doing something right. Yeah, I'm not the best person at fantasy, but I have him on my fantasy roster, and so I really don't have to do much with any anyone else on my roster. He he pretty much holds it down for me. But um, we saw him last week against the Falcons. The Falcons did hold him to 70 rushing yards, but he did have 121 yards receiving. So it's kind of impossible to make him one-dimensional, but what do you think the Saints' best bet is to contain him? They are going to have to put their star linebacker on him. They are going to have to shadow him. You have to account for him absolutely every play. Mm. This is a guy, he makes things happen. It's it's so impressive because you know that's where the ball is going. Uh, in that game versus the Falcons, the Panthers didn't score until the fourth quarter, and that was a field goal. Mm-hmm. So they were feeding Christian McCaffrey every down practically. Uh, and even knowing and anticipating, hey, that's where the ball is going to go, they still couldn't couldn't slow him down all that much. Um, I, I would anticipate probably the Saints putting a spy on him. <laughs> I would anticipate <laughs> uh, a lot of different coverages thrown his way just to try to give him different looks, try to make it hard. Um, it, that is certainly the challenge for the Saints defense on Sunday. you got to know where Christian McCaffrey is at all times. Absolutely. I, I want to circle back to what you said earlier about Kyle Allen. He didn't have a, a great game, but do you think that it, it, it was Atlanta playing that well for the second week in a row, or did Kyle Allen just simply have a bad game? Because every, every player is entitled to just having a bad game, right? Do you think it was just that for Allen, or did you think Atlanta just played that well? You know, absolutely. Every player, regardless of of veteran savvy, has a bad game. And like I said, this is Kyle Allen's eighth start. So, you know, no matter how good he is or how good he can be in the future, that type of stuff is going to come. I do think um, Atlanta, wow, they have found another gear. They talk about saying they're a a new team um, since the second half of the Seattle game a couple weeks ago. And it's more than a slogan. They are. They sacked Drew Brees six times two weeks ago, yep. and they were all over Kyle Allen on Sunday, uh, and it, it really rattled them. And and you almost you can't blame them. Uh, that is not what the film shows and says when you look at it uh, for the Falcons throughout the season. So I I think it's a it's a bit of both. I think the Falcons were throwing things and doing things that the film study really only showed from that Saints game. And I think most people thought, oh, everybody gets lucky once in a right. while. Certainly is looking like like the Falcons, they did a whole shuffling change uh, within their staff, and it certainly looks like it's paying off. I also think Kyle Allen got rattled and could not uh, refocus and recenter himself. Mm-hmm. Ron Rivera pulled him aside at halftime, gave him a talking to, and, and it just didn't seem to help. Um, he... he had a lot more pass attempts in that first half than he did in the second half. The second half, the game plan seems just hand it off to Christian, hand it off to Christian. Um, And and you could tell that he was shaken. I will say he's an extremely confident guy, his history. So he, he went to three different universities anticipating to be the starter. um, And then ending up getting bumped. He went undrafted. Uh, he has this huge chip on his shoulder in a good way. Yeah. Talking with him and meeting with him, he has this mature presence. He has this this moxie to him. So I, I was a little surprised he was that shaken. I will say I bet he has a really strong bounce-back game. Yeah. You never want to be the team playing 
playing the team that, that fell flat on their face the week before. Yeah, no, you're right. And and shifting over to, to defense, Jen, the Panthers have really good pieces on their defense, especially with Luke Keekley And Keekley described Kamara uh, in a Players' Tribune article a few years ago as one of, uh, one of the toughest players he's ever faced. And you got to spend some time with him this past weekend. What makes him so good? Intelligence. Mm. His football intelligence and his overall intelligence about life, it's just unbelievably impressive. This guy, he's a film junkie. It's almost like he has a photographic memory. And he will stand there. Saints fans should watch. It's interesting. Um, He'll stand there right before the ball snapped, and he's watching and diagnosing the formations the defenses are in and and those telltale clues that that give away what they're going to do. And he'll be calling out to his fellow defensive teammates on the Panthers, exactly what the opposing offense is about to do. Um, Matt Ryan told us they had to change calls, change hand signals this past week, all just because of Luke Keekley, because they knew, he already knew, he'd memorized from the week before what they were going to wow. be doing. Yeah. Um, he's also unbelievably athletic. He's the heart and soul of that defense. You'll see him rallying everybody uh, time in and time out. Uh, I think he is going to be uh, so much fun to watch that that battle that's going to go on between him and Kamara because you got two of the very best at what they do going up against each other. And then, hey, that secondary Caroline, too, it's pretty darn good. Trey Boston, he just delivers punishment. James Bradbury came back um, from injury this past week. He's not the most athletic, but he is probably their savviest uh, secondary player. He was on Julio last week so I imagine you're going to see him on Michael Thomas quite a bit this week yeah I'm excited for Ooh, we have some good matchups this week Jen uh Jen before I let you go our seat geek question in the NFC South do you have the Saints coming out as the top seed for the third year in a row or do you imagine it'll be one of these other uh underdogs nope I think the Saints <laughs> not only are they going to win the NFC South but I really I'm not I'm not saying this as a fan I truly putting on my analyst hat um, believe they're going to be in Miami in February. I, I don't. I don't want to jinx it, so I mm-hmm. hate to say it, but um, there they, are just there are so few deficiencies in this team. Right. Now it is it is about staying healthy. You know, it health and injuries that is such a huge factor down the stretch. The, the fourth quarter of the season, those December games are what you worry about the most, yep. and there are so many divisional games still to go for them. They just got to stay healthy. I agree. Easiest question so far, right? And Jen, I, I do want to talk to you about, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you you wear many hats and you are invo- involved in Sideline Pass. Can you tell us a little bit about what Sideline Pass is and the events that you guys have coming up this year? Yes, thank you so much. We have our big holiday toy drive coming up. It's our fifth annual. Hard to believe we've been doing it for five years. Wow, yeah. um, and we have a huge kickoff party on December 4th at Canal Place. A um, bunch of kids' activities caroling and craft tables and face painting from five to seven and then the more adult party from seven to nine where we'll have a dj um one of the fun things uh, gail benson is going to be our guest of honor this year and she's going to be reading to the kids at six forty-five some of her favorite christmas stories so i think that'll be a really fun memory mm. for people to to have had that experience admissions free you just have to bring a gift uh a gift donation for kids in Louisiana living in group foster care homes or shelters. 
So it'll be a lot of fun. I hope everybody comes out. Well, sign me up for the kids and the adult party, Jen. Is there is there a place that that people can go find out more information about this event? Yep, sidelinepass.org is our website. Uh, and we've got everything posted there. And then, of course, we're going to have uh, a ton of social media posts coming um, starting today with all sorts of different details, uh, little nuggets about the party. And, and we're definitely signing you up, Caroline. We're so excited <laughs> and happy you're willing to help and come. Of course. All right, Jen. Well, that'll do it for our show today. We appreciate you coming on and uh, look forward to seeing you tonight at the Pelicans game. Absolutely, Caroline. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Jen for joining us on the show today. Be sure to go to sidelinepass.org, as she mentioned, to find out more information on that toy drive for Sideline Pass. And, of course, she provided so much insight on the Carolina Panthers. That'll do it for today's show, presented by SeatGeek. If you're looking for tickets, you can go to SeatGeek.com right now. If you're looking for tickets to any other live event, it can can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing, but with SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple taps. With their deal score technology, they rank the most valuable seats based on price, location, historical data, and more. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase when they use the SeatGeek app. Use code GOSAINTS at checkout. SeatGeek, score the best deals on tickets. All right, thanks for listening to today's show. We'll tune in on Friday for more updates on the New Orleans Saints and Carolina Panthers. Thanks for joining us.